0: Hey, what's going on everybody? It's your boy Val again, bringing you another episode of Nothing to Watch, always brought to you by Sideshow Conversations. Today's episode, we're going to be giving a quick review and reaction to the newest Netflix series that's on Season 2, which is Glow, the gorgeous ladies of wrestling. Guys, if you haven't watched Season 1, I beg of you, go back. Take some time out. Honestly, these uh, episodes are about a half an hour to 29 minutes each. They're quick to watch, and they're fantastic. We're on season two now. For those who have kept up with it, this was a glorious season. This season rocked my boots. Honestly, when it, if it came to character development, if it came to setting, if it came to the inside wrestling talk... Um, uh, dealing with uh, sexual consent, dealing with what it means to be a female in the wrestling business, or just a female in general in show business, um, this had everything for you. And not necessarily you need to be a wrestling fan to enjoy this kind of show. You don't, whatsoever. You can actually sit down and just look at the drama that's unfolding uh, in front of your eyes. Um, For people that don't know, Glow is um, basically a TV show, Netflix TV show, that harkens back to or pays homage to the early to late 80s Wrestling Federation, Glow, Gorgeous Ladies of Wrestling, uh, which was um, a cult classic back in the day as well, too. Featured very much stereotypical roles for different ladies, but kind of branched out there with different ideas, and this show definitely uh, brings that to light. Uh, In no way is this, I want to say, a a non-fiction biopic of GLOW whatsoever. It's not. Uh, It's their own take on what it was back in the time. Basically, it's just the name and some characters that resemble some characters from the actual Federation. Essentially, though, this is more of a character driven show. Um, so, if you're here to watch some spots with power bombs, power drivers, you're not really going to get that. But the high stakes drama, uh, what it is to be on TV, uh, matches, how matches are viewed, you're going to get that inside wrestling. Um, the characters, we got Allison Bree um, playing Ruth Wilder, who's the standout performance of the show. Last uh, season, last year, definitely, definitely uh, Betty Gilpin, who uh, you might know from American Gods season. She was a breakout performance, m- in my opinion, last year, but definitely this year it goes to Allison and Bree. Um, Roof is such a dynamic character. You feel for her from episode 1 all the way to episode 10. Um, she's a, a- very motivated character, but definitely lets people walk all over her. She definitely feels the weight of the world on her shoulders from previous mess-ups. Watch season one, you'll understand that. She's trying to um, basically um, hash it out again with Debbie, played by uh, Betty Gilpin. Um, trying to get that friendship back together while still um, working with her in this environment. Um, you have Mark Marin back as Sam uh, Sylvia, who is great um Mark Marin, one of my favorite comedians actors of all time, so he was just spot on if even he was a little bit more harder than he was last season. uh you definitely felt the villain aspect of his character for the first couple of episodes, but you kind of get a breakdown of his character and see why he he is the way he is, why he's a bitter old man essentially um you get um Sindel Noel playing Cherry Bang. Still, um, a lot of the reoccurring characters are back again, and they're all fully fledged now. We got used to them in Season 1, but now, you know, they have a little bit more life, uh, especially when uh, this season opens up with a TV deal, and definitely they, um, they're they trying their best to, you know, fill TV spots, uh, what it is to break down a match and limit certain matches, um, put more entertainment in a match rather than wrestling, and then sometimes, in some cases do more moves, do more high spots, as they call it, um, to entertain fans on the TV rather than fans in the audience. So definitely a lot of production work in this. Um, You definitely see breakout characters with, honestly, uh, Kia Stevens, um, who was a former awesome Kong in professional wrestling. Um, Kia Stevens, she's awesome. Um, She plays Welfare Queen. You got to watch it. You'll love it, Uh, that character. But I love... What she's doing right now, I don't know what happened what turned around. She was definitely not a promo person when it came to f- professional wrestling. She was never a person to get on the mic and actually cut a promo but here I mean season one um definitely she did take a back seat and was more of a wrestler and for what I heard as well too she was more of a trainer as well to a lot of these ladies but this season man she she really Put everything together Her story Her character of her son And what she does um, For a living Just to uh, scramble, up, scramble up any kind of cash To send to her son Who's actually in uh, Stanford So you know Everybody's surprised to see this person Who um, who plays this um, I guess this stereotypical black woman on TV um, Have such a successful family And what it means to her To like separate those two characters You even see some drama Of her son visiting the set one day And seeing what she is on TV And kind of disturbed at that You know being someone who who, um, came from the bottom and went to Stanford as, you know, um, as an academic, you know, I want to say academic, as an academic brainchild, if you will, and, um, this, this kid, you know, he, um, he looks at his mother kind of down for the, Character that she's portraying on TV but understands what she's doing, and it's not to degrade herself, more or less as a character, it's TV, it's something exposure, and you know, definitely. In the, you know, late 70s going into the 80s, you're still having that that dynamic of having black and white on TV, you know, we're not too far away from the 50s and 60s in this era, and he sees that, wow, you know, you're having a headline TV show with a black woman and a white woman finding each other but finding common ground in the end, and he sees progress in that, so that was awesome in that aspect, um... Back to um Debbie, Debbie's character as well too. You know she, she's the one. She's the star of the show, and she's still hurt from um what Ruth did back in season one, and stills trying to. I guess you know she she's she's loosened up a tad bit with Ruth, but still holds a serious grudge. Um, hey, if your if your best friend sleep with, sleeps with your husband, I guess you know you're gonna hold some kind of grudge there. Um, but other than that, you see her. Definitely trying to I want to say um, Do different ventures What it means to be a woman in TV now um, You see Debbie's character She was a soap opera princess at one point And now she's a a, a star Losing her footing Gets gets on glow uh, Portrays her character as a wholesome American woman And tries to hold that character As much as he can Even though on the inside she's breaking down She's going through a divorce she's a, She doesn't see her newborn every day she has to be in a show, a production With her best friend and slept with her husband And her world's just breaking down There's um, um, thoughts of suicide at one point There's um, thoughts of, of cocaine addiction um, There's a, a, definitely an alcoholic there um, There's so much that she unpacks in her character A self-destruction, if you will And definitely you see from the earlier episodes to later episodes How she needs to forgive herself before she forgives anybody else um, There's spots there um, About people getting hurt in wrestling as well too You know They see that the male wrestlers on TV Are doing all these high spots And definitely you get some cameos Again you get um, um, Carlito Colon You know Puerto Rican wrestler um, he does a spot as well, too, he plays Machu Picchu's, uh, brother, um, also Chavo Guerrero, uh, from the legendary Guerrero family as well, too, Eddie Guerrero's nephew, if you don't know, he makes an appearance as well, too, he's, both of these guys are natural actors, I don't know why they're not on TV more often, Chavo more, more so because he's on that show Lucha Underground, which is more of a soap opera meets wrestling, in a very, very, very hard way, um, but, They played their parts Fantastic Um, You get them As like um, Machismo wrestlers Not caring about the girls Wrestling scene As a clown circus Even though they work In a circus industry If you will Um, You get Sam's daughter Who's in this as well too Who is just Stunning as well, too. I mean, their dynamic of just going back and forth, you know, she's a 17-year-old girl rebelling into punk music, and, you know, he's an idealistic director who cares about his own work, doesn't care about what the man thinks, so, of course, they're bunting heads all the time, but they're finding common ground after season one, after getting to know each other for the first time ever. Now they're going through growing pains, they're living with each other. You know what it means to be a dad. You know trying to set curfews. I guess even though he doesn't have a curfew himself, he doesn't care about what the hell he does. You know, don't do pot, don't smoke, don't drink, even though he does it every second. Um, Sam's character is definitely going back and forth, and even though he his head is in so many um, holes when it comes to the business as a dad, he's really trying, trying his best to, um, I guess, be a good dad you know, right some wrongs from the past as well, too, so Sam's character development is great, and of course, his daughter as well, too, you see her, um, change from just a rebellious teenager to someone who, who wants the attention to listen to her father and wants to do good as well, too, so their, their dynamic is really awesome, it's, it's really good to see for, uh, I guess a teenage daughter and a father to have that connection, hell, I have that connection with my daughter, um, Looking at it, too, I got to say, for anybody who was wondering, this show is not PG-13 or PG. Uh, It's definitely rated R to MA. Um, There's definitely nudity in here, um, sex, drug use. You name it, it's in here as well, too. It's as gritty as the 80s can be. And um, speaking about the 80s, this movie, movie, look at me. This show is, is just awesomely 80s out whether it be the neon lights the 80s look of the hairstyles the language the food the i gotta say the business tycoons you know the yuppies that are there in suits all the time who take interest in glow as well too you know it's all in there it's fabulously all 80s um it deals with race you know, with Cherry's character being um, a strong black independent woman in the first season, now getting a breakout star in action movies, she finds that she's a great stunt woman and she does she does all the stunts. You see her in in a Starsky and Hutch kind of show in the beginning of the season And she gets everything else good, you know, all the acting's fine, but the actual script and remembering words she can't do because she's so used to being a stuntwoman. That's what made her so great on Glow. Now transitioning to a real actress, she finds herself in a hole with that. And her growth, too, as a character, um, being from someone who's one-sided and looked on as just a person who could just hurt herself into a full-blown actress, you get that as well, too. So much in here that you can unpack. Um, Chris Lowe playing Bash Howard, fantastic, the producer of the show. His arc is a little weird. Um, you know, someone that's very brash in the first season, just spending money, throwing money away here and there, having robots. You know, look, think of Michael Bay's house. That's how this guy is. And um, you see in this season, he's a little bit more humble. At the same token, he's very bothered with certain things. And his, um, it's hard to put... Put, put a finger on what his character is about toward the later episodes. You know that he has a missing friend who you don't know if, he, if it's a boyfriend or um, just maybe a lover or a best friend. They never really say it. He's more of a partner at first, but you don't know if his character is actually full-fledged gay or if um, they were even seeing each other, but they have a connection at least. And there's a part, and I'm not gonna spoil too much, where you know, um, AIDS comes into the picture, and and maybe it was a little uncomfortable at first because it was thrown in there. Um, just for one episode and kind of forgotten the next episode, which kind of bothered me. Maybe it's something to look at for, for the uh, next season that's coming up, And yes, there's going to be another season. It's already been announced. They leave it on the cliffhanger as well, too, so it's very exciting. But that kind of bothered me as well, too. Like, uh, if you're going to use something as strong as AIDS as a plot point, might as well, you know, have something with meat on it. Don't just drop it down and say, oh, well, that, that was that. So, um. You know, his character, like I said, you need to watch it to kind of get the gr- a grasp of it. But he makes some questionable decisions that um, we don't know what's going to happen in season three. Um, yeah, so much to unravel on this show. I hope you guys do watch it. It, it. it goes from everywhere. It goes from, you know, women taking power, being producers of a show, what it means to be a producer, if it's something that you actually do, or is it essentially nothing, a glorified uh, person who just barks around. Um, it deals with women trying to take to the next level in their careers and how big tycoons, yuppie schmucks, um, executives just look at you as a number or just a pair of tits and a vagina and just want to do- diddle you in the backseat of a car. And also shows the guys that actually want to stick around and care about a chick from the inside out. There's so much to unravel. There's jealousy, um, characters, love triangles. Um... Girl on girl, guy on guy You name it, it has it This show really is for for I want to say every adult out there Who's looking for something a little bit different Who wants to go back in time And just kind of relive the 80's Or take a sneak peek of what it is to be in the 80's Perfect show And as far as a wrestling fan goes It's phenomenal You get to see things in the business that I love as well too production, moves, how moves are done, how they can actually hurt you, fandom, fandom of wrestlers and whatnot, um, always living the character, having kayfabe, and just being that character 24-7, uh, this, as a wrestling fan, you'll love this, you know, um, a lot of characters re- resemble Ivory. If you if you love wrestling from the '90s and the '80s, Ivory, Jacqueline, Luna Vachon, so many different um, characters that resemble these these larger than life women back then. And um, I definitely think it's it's something that that deserves a season three. I can't wait. I binged it within two days. You know, twenty nine minutes, thirty minute shows. They have you hooked. Um, hopefully you guys enjoyed them as much as I did right here, like I said, it's a quick look into the 80s, into 80s wrestling, into 80s nostalgia, you'll have fun with this. Anyway, I can't speak enough about this, I want you guys to go and watch it, hopefully you guys enjoyed it as much as I did, I'm about to be out of here, my name is Val, you can always reach me on Twitter, at Val Instagram, Val and of course, Sideshow Conversations is on iTunes. Anchor, and, of course, Podcast Republic. Hey, there's a Sideshow Conversations Facebook page as well, too, where we talk about everything in gate culture. So have fun with us. Anyway, guys, I'm out of here. You guys take care. I'm going to go back into the 80s and probably watch this season again. Later.